Hello and welcome to the Sailorville Church Parenting Podcast. Our goal is to partner with parents to find biblical solutions to real-life issues. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Parenting Podcast. Today, we are having a conversation about parenting. I'm your host, Jared Leonard, and with me is my beautiful wife and co-host, Alyssa Leonard. Hello. And our guests today are Kurt and Karen DeGraff. Hello. (laughs) Great to be with you. Would you, um, I think Karen was going to answer this question, would you just mind sharing the ages of your children and grandchildren? I know it's kind of a test, so right off the bat here, here we go. Well, first of all, thank you, Jared and Alyssa, for welcoming us today. We just love to be with you every chance we get. Yeah. The Lord has blessed us with 12 grandchildren as a result of the four children that God gave us before, and there's six girls and six boys. We have two that are teenagers and the other 10 are 10 and under. So their ages are 19, 17, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 5, 3, 2, 1. Wow. Ooh. All the way down. <laughs> Where did that start at 10? All the way down to, yes, to one. one. With wow. a double five. With a double <laughs> five. five. Not twins, though. No, two Just different. cousins. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thanks. We're really excited to, to jump in here and have some questions for you, insights for those of us who are younger parents, um, but even excited to hear from you guys, grandparenting and just lots of experiences that the Lord has allowed to have for you. So the first question we've got is, I know you've lived in lots of different places. Where did you raise your children and were there maybe some unique um, opportunities or obstacles um, in raising your children in that part of the country, as opposed to most of the listeners to this podcast would be right here in Iowa. Well, the Lord was gracious to us. He, he moved us to the Pacific Northwest where I grew up actually. And we raised our children entirely in the Pacific Northwest. Mm. We lived in a lovely suburb of Seattle on the West Sound, across the water from Seattle on a peninsula, Mm. and therefore we had access to beauty unparalleled, Mm. mountains, oceans, Puget Sound, and therefore we could take our kids camping, we did tenting, and we also took long treks to Iowa by car to (laughs) see our grandparents or their grandparents. Therefore, our kids had exposure to both the Midwest and the Northwest. Mm. Um, As I mentioned, the locality gave us opportunities to camp so we did a lot of togethering outdoors and loved Mm. it even when it rained (laughs) (laughs) those are the best memories we we have some of those (laughs) maybe not in the moment those are some of the challenges you (laughs) face (laughs) so um as a result our kids had exposure to cultures in the northwest and in the midwest and also had exposure to city seattle uh-huh. suburbs where we lived and we had an acreage for 10 of those years oh, cool. and so they lived in rural so they're pretty well exposed to about all of life yeah oh, that's cool were there uh were there certain um I, mean, I guess difficulties of being in a different part of the country um different cultures that you mentioned that are maybe unique or is it pretty similar I think people are people. I've lived all over the country. Mm-hmm. I've lived in the east and the west and the south and the north yeah. and the, the middle. And bottom line is hearts are all the same. Mm-hmm. Um, 
our kids were exposed to a lot of cultures. My husband pastored the same church those entire 27 years that our kids were growing up. And we had multi-cultures in our church because it was in a Navy community. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so we had a lot of people from all over the country and even the world. So they kind of got a good um, awareness of what the world looks like. Yeah. Our kids uh, went at one time to a school that was inclusive of Native Americans. Mm -hmm. So even Mm -hmm. at the graduation ceremony, they would have Native American traditions. Oh, Oh, neat. Yeah. Yeah, That's cool. Well, tell us maybe a little bit more about your kids, you know, their different personalities and, and kind of talking to our parents that are listening, you know, what do we do with kids that don't think like us or kids that do think like this? And sometimes that can cause friction and difficulties. So what, what would you say about that? Well, I did forget to mention about our four kids. We have two boys and two girls, girl, boy, boy, girl in that order. Uh And, um, they're all different personalities. Mm-hmm. And I figured out if you had 10 kids, they'd probably all be different too. <laughs> and the good news is, is God makes all personalities. And he's specially designed each family mm-hmm. with the personalities of the parents and the personality of the kids. And mm-hmm. there's no right or wrong. And mm-hmm. um, they all have the different challenges. Um, God gave us mostly extroverts, one that was a little more reserved, but he's expanded and is like an extrovert now too. Mm. Um I don't know, Kurt, do you have any? <laughs> well, it, it may be helpful just to say a word about our personalities. I, yeah. I will speak to my wife first. One of the reasons I was attracted to her on the local campus Bible college here <laughs> was because not only is she very beautiful, she also was very confident. Mm. She loved the Lord. She expressed herself well. She was very happy and joyful, and I was attracted to that. Uh, she is a person that's very organized, administrative. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much given toward <laughs> the administration side. So I need someone to keep me straight <laughs> and square in life. Uh, she's very loving, uh, very intentional, very thorough. She did a great job as a homemaker. That's her heartbeat, her love for for our family, for what goes on inside the house is really her domain. And I'm very grateful to her. Uh, my personal personality is, is such that I, I'm, I'm given to be, if you will, a, a person that, that loves to reach out, to encourage, to affirm. I'm very relational. Mm-hmm. I'm also very emotive as well. Tears are never very far from my <laughs> eyes. Uh, I can rejoice with those that rejoice, and I can weep with those that weep mm. because that's the way I'm framed. So if anybody gets close to me, you're likely to have me touch you <laughs> or say a word of encouragement to you mm-hmm. just because that's the way I'm framed. We you know, often express love in the way we like to receive love. My love language is affirmation, words of affirmation, as well as you know, personal touch. And uh, I think my wife's love language, she really is all of them, but I, I've sensed she, she likes acts of service. So when I'm on the, on the floor scrubbing the, the, uh, <laughs> the floor of the kitchen, she'll come over and give me a love tap because I'm ministering to her in her way. And then she reaches out to me in my way. So how that translates into working with kids is you kind of love the way you love them and they're a little bit different mm-hmm. than you and you mm-hmm. learn to adjust yeah. and to understand and to try to compare notes and talk through things because as she mentioned, you know, they all come out of the same den mm-hmm. and yet they're all four different little cubbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Go ahead. So then what are some of the, what were some of the challenges you faced as parents when your kids were younger? I know you're still parents, but (laughs) (laughs) we're talking more when they're in your home. What were some of the things that were hard? Well, I would say the same thread is from birth to ongoing in all of our lives. Mm. And that is self-will. Mm. Um, some people talk about the strong-willed child. Mm-hmm. And my observation is that every child, all of us, are strong-willed because we all want our own way. Mm. And it's, it's evidence not, not too many days out of the chute, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so the challenge is to help guide your child to consider not their way but God's way. Mm. And so that encounters in a variety of ways throughout life. I think it really starts when they're teeny tiny. If you wait till they're teens to try to address that fact and to try to curb their self-will, it's already over. Mm. It has to be done when they're teeny. And it starts out when they tell you what they want for food or don't want for food or when they want food or don't want food. You have to win that battle right Mm -hmm. from the start Mm. because they'll just think, well, I got my way there. I'll continue on. So uh, we just didn't allow our kids to have food battles. Mm. Um, it was kind of like dinner, take it or leave it. And we didn't let them leave it. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't say, so, so this, take is not it. A, <laughs> this is not a buffet. You pick what you want. You, you eat what's before you. And therefore, our kids ate everything. Mm-hmm. And um, so you just start there and you just have to keep everlastingly at it. It is a challenge because they will never stop testing you. Mm-hmm. And if you let up, the test will only increase. And so by God's grace, you know, we just, I just kept at it to mm-hmm. say, Lord, you've got to help. And there's times I was even in the discipline sessions in the bedroom, you know, <laughs> face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And just sometimes I would just say, I've got to pray. And in front of them, mm-hmm. I would just say, Lord, please help. X number child, whatever the child's name was, help me help us to understand we need to obey you mm. and just pray. And then they could see my heart mm-hmm. that I love God, that I cared about them. Mm-hmm. And they could see, oh, you know, maybe I do need to consider this. Mm. So just starts then and then it presents itself all throughout their years, you know, in different ways as they get older. They want their more independence even greater mm-hmm. outside the home. That's when you really have to start praying, God, give them great friends. Because after a while, when they hit the teen scene, they're not so eager to hear what you say. Mm-hmm. They want to hear what their friends say. Yeah. So you have to help guide them into friendships that are healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well said, Karen. That's why I married her. She has <laughs> a lot of wisdom. <laughs> I I, I'm grateful for her uh, influence in our home, quite obviously. You know, a number of folks listening may be parents of young children, mm-hmm. and that can be particularly challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even have a name for it, young mother syndrome. <laughs> you feel frustrated and frazzled and uh, mm-hmm. all the synonyms you might want to use for that. But hang in there. Mm-hmm. It's a season of life, but don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Talk it over with your mate. As Karen said, pray and ask God for wisdom. But... Uh, Hold the line. Be loving, but be firm. This this is how we operate in the home. We're, we're the parents. <laughs> you're the children. Mm-hmm. And God's word tells us we need to obey daddy and mommy. And in so doing, we're obeying God. Mm-hmm. That obedience factor is mm-hmm. extremely important. Mm-hmm. 
It's doing what you're asked to do when you're asked to do it and with the right heart attitude. Something we instilled in our kids very early on, and they could reiterate it to this day. <laughs> That's the house I rule number one. Him. Yes, he always had the kids say that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Our line is quickly, sweetly, and completely. That's perfect. Oh, it's an easy way. I don't know where we got it, it from, but uh, we know nothing about that, huh, babe? No, we don't have, our children always obey. So. Yeah, I don't, just uh, right before this podcast, actually, I called my wife and she was uh, in the middle of a, um, a conversation <laughs> with, yeah, quote, with one that. of our children. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it's a challenge. It's a challenge from yeah. day, day to day even. Well, and you even, Karen, mentioned that the small battle even of food and your kids learned that they will try anything and they'll eat they anything. Will. But I, I thought of your daughter who's a missionary. Do you think that has helped her in missions and being willing to be in a different country and just try what's there? I think so. They're very, um, well, adventuresome. Yes, yeah. they are. Yeah. Yes. And teaching their kids, mm-hmm. hopefully. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So we have no idea what those small things we're teaching them now are going to do. They are for so them important. Yeah. I'm passionate about that thought. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no um, moment that's not important. And that can be very scary as a parent thinking, mm. oh, but I also um, encourage one of my children raising her kids a number of years ago when they were littler. Um, they're still little, but the little children. But God does give you 18 approximate years. Mm. So don't feel like you've blown it forever mm. when things don't go right. Because they aren't going to go right. right. There's right. times that you just have to repeat the same concept over and over. Because the Lord does that in our hearts too. Mm-hmm. So, um but each moment does matter. Yeah. I'm a real fan of Laura Ingalls Wilder. She's a very wise lady. If you've read any of her books, Little mm-hmm. House in the Prairie books. But she has a quote. Sa- she says, it's the sweet, simple things of life that are the real ones after all. Mm. And if you look at it, the children's lives are composed of moments. And they're going to remember those moments, yeah. either in their hearts and minds or subliminally. Mm. They will. It's more caught than taught what you want them to know mm-hmm. and those little moments everyone are important mm-hmm. so just cherish them yeah. and think wow i'm having a chance to mold a life for god yeah. every day day in and day out the bumps the bruises the hurts the cries the rebellion and the mm-hmm. correction mm-hmm. it's all part of god's plan mm-hmm. yeah. I love karen that. Uh, practices what she preaches she sets a tone in the home. She always has being a positive, happy person, encouraging, enthusiastic. She has always played music in her home that's soft and calming and soothing. Even the way you awaken the children in the morning was not in battle mode, mm-hmm. but kind of a, a two-minute warning kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And we're going to get up, and we're going to eat a breakfast together, and we're going to have a great day. And uh, you set a tone, and I think a mother is a key in that regard. Mm-hmm. Dad may or may not be there at that moment, depending on his work schedule. But I'm I'm grateful for the tone that Karen set in our home. It was a very positive uh, reinforcement of, of children from a spiritual perspective. Yeah, that's so cool. We've talked so we've talked a little bit about some challenges, maybe, but maybe share some joys that you that you shared as um, just parenting. I'll start with this one. The greatest joy for a parent is to see their children come to faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Ironically, 
Each of our children came to a recognition of their need about the same time. Hmm. This may feel a little bit young to some of our listeners, but each of them at age four and a half began to recognize, I'm a sinner. Hmm. Uh, I need a savior. I need to be forgiven. And of course, you can tie that into discipline that we all need a savior. And there's hope in the gospel through right. Jesus Christ. Right. So when they expressed to their mother, we we want to be saved. I want to be saved. She would contact me. And maybe when I came home at the end of the day, I would sit down with the kids and Karen may be right there. I'd explain the gospel because I was jealous. I wanted to be present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> very when, kind of your wife to allow that. <laughs> when my kids came to faith, I wanted to be present in involved in that process in to the know birth room. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, in the birth room to know what was being said, how it was being said and to see their response. Oh, cool. So mm-hmm. each of our four children about age four and a half placed their faith and trust in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now I'm under no illusion they probably reinforce that along the line mm-hmm. later on in life, as is common with kids. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was a joy to see them from their earliest days have a uh, trust factor in Jesus. And, and that, to me, was a great joy. Yeah. Well, I loved having babies. I loved having children. And God was so gracious to give me four. And um, any mother will know the joy of that first baby kiss, slobbery mm-hmm. as it is. Mm-hmm. And so I just, every time I would go into their little rooms to get them out of bed, my arms went around them and I hugged and kissed them a zillion times. But when they can first kiss back, Mm -hmm. but you know, that just continues through Mm -hmm. life. And as they begin to respect you as a parent and to love you and then ultimately become your friends. And I do like to um, talk about that aspect because a lot of parents today try to be friends to their children when they're little Mm -hmm. and not take the parent role. But if you take the friend role first, you will never succeed as a parent role. Mm -hmm. God gave you to be the parent to help guide them. Mm -hmm. And if they know your loving hand, hand and touch, then they will ultimately become obedient most of the time, but not all the time because we Mm -hmm. all struggle. Mm -hmm. But then there's it grows into a friendship level mm-hmm. where there's a mutual respect mm-hmm. and appreciation because we learn from our children. Mm-hmm. I learned more about God through watching my children. I learned more about me mm-hmm. through watching my children because I'd see their self-will and I'm like, wow, this is like me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Thank you for being patient with me. Help me mm-hmm. to be patient with my children. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect segue into my next question here. How did God use your parenting experience to make you more like Jesus? You were just talking about that. So how how did you see that, um, I guess, sanctify you or make you become more like Jesus as a result? Well, I, I think and I hope that it humbled me <laughs> because there was times of, of difficulty and times where it just seemed like an impossible task to get the same thought across to you know, each of the children at different times. I still remember one of my little children unnamed in the Kmart store in the toy aisle. And I was fine with him playing with the toys in the aisle while I was busy shopping. (laughs) But when I decided it was time to leave that aisle, that little Mm three-year-old let the whole store know Uh, he still wanted the Fisher-Price corn (laughs) popper. So screamed way loud, and I just had to pick that child up under my arms and march out of the store and deal with it outside. Mm -hmm. But I was like, oh, I'm just so humbled, you know, because it's humiliating. People Mm -hmm. probably think I'm a terrible mother. 
But as I've grown up, I realize it just happens again and again in different ways. Mm -hmm. You just think, Lord, you know, without you, we're nothing. Mm -hmm. So just dependence on the Lord to knowing that I can't change them. Only God can. Mm -hmm. I can't even change myself. Mm -hmm. God has changed me too. So in that aspect, aspect, just a real dependence on God for it all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I try to pray every morning for each of my grandchildren now, that they'll come to faith in Christ. Mm. And then I pray for the one that they're going to marry, that they Mm -hmm. will come to faith in Christ. Because it's never too early to pray for your kids, or grandkids in this case, salvation, and those they're going to marry. Who you marry really makes all the difference in Mm -hmm. life. It is crucial. We we need the Lord's help. Mm -hmm. Only God can save them. Mm -hmm. We all are less than when it comes to parenting or grandparenting. We need God's help. And parenting really shows us our need for dependence upon him through prayer and uh, instruction from his word. Yeah. Did you practice um, any form of family devotions or worship time together with your kids? What did that look like? We did. Uh, although I'll confess to you that that's one of those things where it's kind of up and down, life mm-hmm. gets uneven, interruptions come, but oftentimes we used keys for kids, which is a tool that our church here at Cityville still uses to this day. So yeah. we highly recommend it. It's very relational for kids, mm-hmm. can be really family friendly. Uh, we love that. And I'm going to let my wife share a couple of other things that we have done that we found very helpful to keep mm-hmm. our kids included in uh, the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we, we practice singing at different times around the table, mm-hmm. teaching our kids the, the songs and the choruses and the hymns of the faith. Um, we On our trips. Yeah. Talk, to about, talk about that, honey. Well, we traveled, like, as we said, from Washington State to <laughs> Iowa. Long drive. That's a long trip, long round trip. Hours. And we did it from day one when the kids were teeny tiny uh-huh. all the way through. And I'd pack them a little goodie bag with color crayons and color books and packs of gum and things. But we'd also play cassette cassette tapes. Now, that dates us. <laughs> <laughs> Just a tapes. year or two. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. With um, Christian broadcasts for children, both music mm. and even the, um, who wrote that? The Left Behind Series. The Left series. Behind Series. Which was big at the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And so chapter by chapter, plug it, turn it around, play the next side. So mm-hmm. they were ingrained in hearing God's word. That allows God's some music. good conversation, yeah. talking mm-hmm. about prophecy and what it might look like. But I think beyond that, uh, as you're traveling down the road, there's something about being able to discuss things, what you see. Mm. I think devotions are more than just a canned reading of scripture and then you shut the Bible and you pray a brief prayer and you're on your way. Mm-hmm. You talk about life. Yeah. Mm. And when you're in a car, you can discuss things. Yeah, yeah. kids oh. love it when you're not staring yeah. at their eyeballs. Yeah. Do you ever notice that you can say a lot more when you're just kind of both looking forward? Mm-hmm. My husband says more when we're both looking <laughs> forward. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, easy now. Easy. <laughs> so another another thing we did, and I don't want to forget that, is we made use of Christian biographies. Yeah, and we read important. those sometimes as devotions. Yeah. And certainly read them in, in addition to devotions. Sure. And mm-hmm. really instilling in our kids a really awareness of godly people that went before, missionaries or otherwise. And um, so they have commented that that's impacted them greatly. We can talk just momentarily about some of those biographies. They call me Mama, oh, Margaret yes. Laird, yes. Baptist mm-hmm. Mid-Missions Missionary. to 
uh, I think, a Central African, African Republic. Republic. Yes. And then Georgi Vins, who was a pastor behind the Iron Curtain before mm-hmm. the curtain came down mm-hmm. in his being persecuted for Christ. These are very moving. Our kids were very into it. Oh, just multiples. There's no end. Yeah. Elizabeth Elliot, John Newton. I, I could just go on and on. So, yes, excellent. And not only uh, biographies to read, but biographies in flesh. We had a lot mm. of Christian workers in our home, be it uh, pastors, preachers, evangelists, missionaries, mm. or godly people that just love the Lord. Mm-hmm. One of my children just said to me just in the last few months, Mom, that impacted me more than you know. Oh. Just be able to see them flesh and blood, yeah. normal people, yep. telling around our table their ups and downs and hardships, and that your love for the Lord. Mm. And our children were able to just sit and observe and absorb. Mm-hmm. So that's real important. Yeah. Oh, Even, cool. I mean, an idea would be someone within the church yes. that maybe you yes. Good idea. highly esteem. Have Absolutely. them over for a dinner or, yes. or something and have let them rub shoulders with your kids and let them get to know. Chances are most people would love doing something like that and just hanging out with your family for an evening. Mm-hmm. If I can just... Uh, say a compliment to you, Jared. When you were a little boy, uh, Karen and I visited Brazil, Northeast uh, Baptist Missions Field Council. They had me in to speak to them, and Karen was with me. And you were just the cutest little guy, so Aww. enthusiastic. I had you fooled. We, we loved your family. So I'm going to say to our listeners today, have the Leonards in. Let Jared Share some of his stories. And Alyssa, of course, is a pastor's daughter, so she's got stories, too. There's a couple. We'll take a free meal anytime. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) My parents would uh, tell you maybe a different story about me when I was a little kid. Maybe someday they'll make it on the podcast to talk about parenting, Jared. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of our favorite things in Brazil was the missionary kids because we were speaking to a missionary group. And just see those precious little children. Yes, they're real, mm-hmm. but there was a so freshness and wholesomeness mm. about them because they weren't tainted by, you know, the the what do you call it here in America? The worldliness. So it's, mm. yeah, yeah. Really neat. We were tainted. We're just really good at keeping up a front, going around to traveling at churches and stuff. You got <laughs> they're not perfect, but no, no, they far turned from out it. all right. Wonderful. <laughs> Uh, were there any particularly difficult seasons for you in parenting? Can you tell us about God's faithfulness in those times? I'll, I'll share with Karen one incident. Uh, because we did stay in one place for 27 years, our children were raised completely in the Northwest, except for the last three months of our youngest daughter's life hmm. when we moved to a new pastorate in northern Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had to stay behind. I'm going to let Karen explain what we did there and something we learned about the value of having youth staff from your youth ministry, which is like you guys, yeah. mm-hmm. that was really beneficial to us. Hmm. Well, when we moved to Kentucky, our, do- our youngest was just two months shy of graduating. Mm-hmm. And it was a predicament what to do. Yeah. Too late to pull her out for the last two months. And a lovely, God- lovely godly family that we were close friends with. Uh, agreed to take her into their home Mm. for those two months. And then we flew back for a graduation and so forth. But the Lord used those two months because she was considering 
what her future was. Mm -hmm. And we'd encouraged her to go to Bible college to a specific one. And yet we're open to whatever God wanted for her. But while we were gone, that family nurtured her, encouraged her, and said, consider what your folks are saying. Mm -hmm. There's value there. They supported us Mm -hmm. as parents. And they invested in her. And she, on her own, made that decision. But it was with their guidance and encouragement. Because sometimes kids need not just you. Mm -hmm. They do need you. But they also need other godly people. Because they start to look outside you when they're teens. They start Mm -hmm. to think, well, you just are my parents. But I want to know what my youth pastor says or my you know, good friend Mm -hmm. and have other godly people that say basically the same thing. The kids will say, ah, think what the youth pastor told me. You're like, that's just what I've been telling you. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But you don't say that. You just let them take it and learn. So, and what's neat about God's providence, that young lady is now supported by our church as a missionary Mm -hmm. with her husband in Germany. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're talking rich and Julia Rudolph. Yeah. That's so neat. That's cool. God's precious. We're forever grace. thankful to the people that God gave in our church. We weren't near family, but mm-hmm. the church was our family. Yeah. And to this day, my kids look back on relationships there as grandparents that weren't local, mm-hmm. just church family, aunts, uncles, cousins, yeah. and they love them forever. Yeah. It's just such a blessing. Well, I mentioned Julia. I, I want to say also about our other four children, Jen, James, and Jason, that they too were influenced by people in their lives mm-hmm. in our church, youth staff, but friends, the right kind of friends. Really, the church life became mm-hmm. their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And w- we have learned this is a Warren Wiersbeism. The best thing you can do for your church is to have strong families. Mm-hmm. And the best thing you can do for the family is to have a strong church. Yeah. But we're yeah. really blessed here at Sayreville Church. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, kudos to you guys and what you do in youth mm-hmm. ministry. Um, some of the compliments you're receiving for the kind of kids that are being produced here is just amazing. And, and we want to thank you. And we thank mm-hmm. those that were involved in our kids' lives. All of them were positively impacted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's encouraging. Uh, Kurt's uh, gift is encouragement. And he likes yes. to receive encouragement <laughs> as well as and give it And he gives it up. <laughs> well, and that's encouraging being in youth ministry too, because that's what we, exactly what we say. We're trying to say the same things as parents, just in a different way. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we've even heard that from some of our parents of my student came home and they said this, and I've been trying to tell them that for months. And <laughs> yeah. they exactly. said, you said it and now they want yeah, to do they, it. Or, exactly. they, or they go off to camp and they say, Hey, I heard this thing at camp. And it's like the parents and the youth <laughs> pastor and the youth leader. And everyone is, we've yeah. been saying the same thing for a decade. What <laughs> yeah. But God uses all it's sorts okay. of different right. opportunities and yep. speaks to kids in different ways. And um, that's why we encourage, encourage, Get, get your kids to church, to Absolutely. some of those opportunities that, that yeah. are available to them um, and, and don't make other things or allow other things to, to overshadow that. Sports Absolutely. and things can be of great value, um, but sometimes can become distractions as well. So I'll say let IRBC and Lake Ann help you yeah. Yeah. because these are great ministries where yeah. right. life-changing decisions are made for Christ. When mm-hmm. I was a freshman at IRBC, 
Yeah. That's when I dedicated my life to Christ. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have a lot of investment in Lake Ann because Karen's brother, Ken Riley, is the director, and Ken right. Rudolph, related to his by marriage, is one of the main speakers for the senior hires. Mm-hmm. And tremendous things happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ken wrote me last week. I told him I was praying for him. And he said this was a week ago, Wednesday. 21 kids came to Christ tonight. Oh, well, praise so God cool. for that. Yes. Amazing. We should mention, too, we were going to talk about the sports aspect. Or the d- activities you put your kids in. Yeah, mm. yeah, go ahead. Some of those, as good as they can be, can draw you away from the church. Mm-hmm. So we we strove to keep a balance in our home. Mm-hmm. And um, they were in a variety of things at different points of time. But we reached a point with four kids and looking at our calendar, realizing we're just gone too many nights. Dinners disrupted, devotions disrupted, mm-hmm. and we're, we're not home. Mm-hmm. We're just sitting at the ball field every night and every all day Saturday. So we had to draw lines. And um, there's no right or wrong. You're going to have to know what your kids are gifted at, what they love to do, mm-hmm. what their interests are. But we chose to draw the line with sports. We still had them because we had a big church and we were in a youth group that had youth um, other churches that we could play leagues with that weren't as intensive as the school's demands. Mm. But we had our kids in music. But first of all, church, Awana, youth group, and then their music, which included piano and an instrument, band, orchestra, whatever that was. And then also we chose like the 4-H model, FFA, things where they could work outside because we had an acreage Mm -hmm. and their dad was the perfect little farmer for them and they worked <laughs> together and uh, just things that they could do that were not just every day out of the house but maybe a time or two a month sure. plus everything else and that mm-hmm. was sufficient because if the kids think that you're going to take them away from church then they'll start to live that model mm-hmm. yeah so i'll come back and visit that at the end when we give okay. some uh, maybe basic principles but uh, mm-hmm. that's well said yeah karen thank you yeah yeah but, i hear prioritizing you know, yeah. and what you mm-hmm. said right. of we're choosing this is going to be the most important thing, and mm-hmm. then we're going to fill in what we have time for after that. Yeah. The most important thing being God's word and that's God's right. people. And that's right. So, yeah, I think that's great. Well, Kurt, I think we can go right there right now. That's kind of where we're heading next. So what what is one piece of advice you would give to parents that, that may play into the sport thing <laughs> or whatever you were about to talk about? Um, this could be one piece of advice to younger parents, older parents, grandparents. Uh, this is kind of pretty open-ended. So just any other wisdom that we can glean from the experiences that God has allowed you guys to go through? Well, I've, I've been a pastor for 48 years. So mm-hmm. I've had a chance to see a lot of life mm-hmm. now in the rearview mirror. Yeah, And my heart aches that the local church is not the priority it needs to be in many mm-hmm. people's lives. And to piggyback on what Karen said a few moments ago, if you have your child in sports that demand Sunday participation in place of local church attendance, Mm -hmm. and they do that for the most part from age 8 to 18, and they're not in church much because it's not a priority, Mm -hmm. sports are. And you got to understand, I'm an athlete. (laughs) I played a lot of sports in my days, so I'm very pro athletics, Mm -hmm. but not at the cost of local church attendance and involvement in youth group, et cetera. If they're not involved for those 10 years, eight to 18, what do you think is going to happen when they graduate from high school and go off on their own? 
that they're going to be lost to the cause of Christ. They're going to do a stage left and then become a spiritual dropout. And that breaks yeah. our heart. Mm-hmm. Christ is the most important thing, and we cannot sacrifice that on the altar of sports expediency. Mm-hmm. My kid's going to be the one exception that makes it as a D1 athlete mm-hmm. or a professional player. Eh, not likely. But even if he or she were, yeah. Is it worth it to surrender commitment to Christ? The answer is no. Right. And parents have to draw a line. So we had to draw a line mm-hmm. in stopping this, this incessant taxi driver syndrome mm-hmm. where we were gone watching them do life instead of participating in life with them. Oh, mm. That's a good line. Yeah. Well, there's a cute bumper sticker I saw once. It says, on the back of a, van, a minivan, or a station ring might have been. <laughs> um, if a mother's place is in the home, then why am I always in the car? Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that does become a stage as the kids get older, but right. try to curb it to some degree. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been looking at a little booklet that was sent to me in the mail last week by a friend. It's written by Reggie Joyner and Kristen Ivey. It's simply entitled, Don't Miss It. Mm. Parent every week like it counts. Mm. Uh, this is a, a rather sobering reminder The average parent has less than 1,000 weeks from the time their kids are born until they move out of the house. Mm. In fact, the exact number is closer to 936. Hmm. One of their suggestions would be to maybe grab a jar and put 936 marbles in it and every week remove one of the marbles Hmm. as a weekly reminder that Oh, I've got one less week mm-hmm. than I had before. And uh, <laughs> it's important for us to realize that every week counts. Mm-hmm. Um, if I were to ask you guys the ages of your girls, how would you? So how old would you say Kinley is? Kinley's seven. Just okay. turned seven. So mm-hmm. she has... 11 with, years left. With you now, yep. 572 weeks mm. left. How about Adriana? Eight, eight and a half. She's so. almost nine, yeah. Okay, almost nine. So that's about 468 weeks mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And one of the principles that they emphasize in this little book, I just really find this helpful, um, it is just the weekly consistency of doing the little things mm-hmm. over and over again. Don't mm-hmm. lose heart. The best way to shape a child's character and faith is through small, consistent deposits. Think, think of a piggy bank. Just make a small deposit every week mm-hmm. of consistency. That's important for discipline and for loving and for doing life together. Uh, that's kind of the mantra of our family. We try mm-hmm. to do life together. Yeah. We, we wanted that family togetherness. And frankly, we love each other dearly. We have a family thread, which <laughs> almost every day, most of our kids weigh in on. And we know what's going on in each other's lives and we pray for each other and we talk yeah. together. Even though our kids are 44, 42, 40, and soon to be 38. <laughs> they love us. We love them. And that consistency of togetherness continues because it was practiced mm-hmm. when they were little. And they live all around the world. They do. They, you know, yes. so, but you still have that. We're which close is cool. in heart, which is such a blessing, mm-hmm. yeah. even if we're far apart physically. But, yeah. And that was another thing we did. We gave our kids freedom to go where God wanted. Yeah. And we didn't feel like we had to keep them close to home. Yeah. We love them close to home, yeah. Yeah. but we wanted them where God could use them. That's right. 
and we're just thrilled to have the opportunity to have children that are in other parts of the country and world that are a light for Jesus. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. great. And someday we'll all be together with all the people that they've impacted for God's right. glory. And yes. for all eternity. Amen. Yes. How, Amen. how amazing yes. is that? Yes. Yeah. Well, any other, as you're, as you're thinking about different pieces of advice, um, maybe books, suggestions, grandparents, well, yes. you know, maybe some pitfalls that you see in grandparents or I don't know. Just wide open wow. question. <laughs> uh, okay, well, um, yeah, what I was going to say is advice is more of a generality. Yeah. And that is to just be passionate about the privilege God has given you. And I feel that same way mm-hmm. as a parent. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was a, as a mother. And to realize, um, you've maybe heard this quote before, Abraham Lincoln quoted it. It's the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Mm-hmm. To realize that your influence on that child goes beyond just you and that child Mm -hmm. because as they grow up they influence their sphere their sphere their peers their generation but then it keeps going because how you parent your child is how they're going to parent their children so then it multiplies through generations and expands and so um i have a quote in my bathroom just happens to be there and it says the most important work you will ever do is within the walls of your home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because it doesn't stay in the home. Mm-hmm. It goes outside where their little feet go. And so just to love that privilege, there's no greater job. Yeah. And there's lots of wonderful jobs in this world. Yeah. But to mold a life for Jesus for eternity mm-hmm. and other lives as a result is just joy. And I think if your children know that you're, you're there to love, to nurture, and to embrace them, then they're free to go and do that. And um, then they don't feel like they're in your way. Mm. They won't feel like you're irritated by them. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be, one thing I was going to say is, you don't need to be irritated when your kids act up or misbehave. Expect it. Mm -hmm. Because we're we're all self-willed. So when that time comes and you have to deal with it again and again and again, it's a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. So instead of thinking, oh, no, not again, just think, I get another moment to impress with them. This is God's truth Mm -hmm. for eternity. So to love your child, to love the privilege, that would be my greatest piece of advice. Yeah. Dads, I'll give you a shout out. Thanks for what you do at Mm -hmm. home. Just remember the best thing you can do for your kids is to love their mother and show it demonstrated in the home. The kids will see that. That's a kind of sex education right there when they see you loving their mother well. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, I know there's a temptation to try to make your mark in life, but just remember this. Live by remembering who's going to be crying at your funeral. You're never going to wish you would spend an extra day at work. Mm -hmm. You're going to wish you'd spent more time with your kids inculcating biblical truth into their lives. Parents are instructed. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 6 We are supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts and souls and minds and our strength, and we're supposed to teach and talk throughout every day. Here's that consistency thing. When they rise up, Mm -hmm. as we walk by the way, that would be car time. When we sit down, that's when we eat, and when they go to sleep. We found a great time to talk to our kids uh, 
about spiritual things and what's going on in their life was bedtime because they wanted to stay up as long as they could. <laughs> and frankly, that's, that's times when I would lay by their side and I'd tell them stories of my growing up as a farm kid. And mm. I put that into book form in, in my, my book I wrote for my family, Life Lessons from the Family Farm. Yeah. And we continued that on our acreage in Washington State where we did projects together and went to the fair together. We, we did life together. Mm-hmm. Well, we did tuck them in at night, every night. Four kids is a, a lot. Um, and we actually had to divvy it up at some points. Instead of four bed t- bedsides each night, one night he'd take the boys and I'd take the girls and we'd flip-flop and lay down on their beds beside them. And they could, in the dark, mm-hmm. tell us their heart. And uh, they loved that because yeah. they hear dad's stories on the farm and so forth. I did want to mention a couple books, and I know that they've been around quite a while, but God's truths are timeless. John MacArthur and Charles Swindoll wrote two books that we read in our era, and they're still out today. I just checked yesterday. They're on Amazon. Mm-hmm. John MacArthur wrote The Family, and I think it's been updated to call The Fulfilled Family, mm-hmm. and Charles Swindoll wrote you and your child. There's always more books, mm-hmm. more books. Mm-hmm. Every generation has its own great leaders. They're still great leaders. Yeah. So those are just two pieces of literature that God brought into us to help help us figure out the how-tos when it came down to discipline and so forth. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. And we'll we'll look for those links and put those in the uh, in the show notes here, as well as maybe a couple other resources um, available to you parents that are listening. Thank you. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Parenting Podcast, and and a special thanks to Kurt and Karen. Thank you so much for joining us here again. I have several questions that kind of went through my mind as we're doing this, so. We might need to have you come back sometime. <laughs> uh, it's been our delight. Thank you yes, for inviting so us. so fun having you. Uh, it's just been great. And uh, you, as, as you mentioned, so many years of experience, not only being a parent, grandparent, pastoring, uh, just lots of wisdom. And we're grateful that you're willing to share that with us. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we'll put those resources related to today's topic in uh, the show notes. Uh, check those out for yourself. And uh, we will be back uh, September 1st. We're planning to drop another episode. We'll be hearing from Caleb Fisher and his wife, Bethany. Actually, Caleb is calling me right now on my phone. That's (laughs) interesting. Um, And we'll be talking about their experiences as brand new parents. Uh, They just got a little baby Ford who I think is currently three, four months. By that time, it'll be four or five months. And we're excited to hear from him. So thanks for listening, everyone. 